We are starting a, uh, a new series. We started last week on heaven, and I'm real excited about uh, these series of messages. And um, one of the questions we've been ans- answering, especially what we answered last week, is what is the most important question you will ever ask in your life? And I know if you're young, you, you ask the question, where am I going to go to college? Uh, what am I going to do with my life? Who am I going to marry? Um, what's God's will for my life? But really the most important question is we answered last week that, that many of us tend to ignore is eternity. Where am I going to spend eternity? It was, it was interesting. Um, there was someone in our church and it was a couple of weeks ago. They went in for an angiogram and everything turned out good, but they went in for an angiogram and uh, they're in, in, in the hospital and I was with this person and and uh, the nurse comes in and, and gives them all the, you know, this is what you can expect in this procedure and blah, blah, blah. And the nurse asks the question, is, do you have any questions for me? And, and the, the person who is Jim Bacardo said, um, yeah, do you know uh, where you're going to spend eternity? Do you know where you're going to go when you die? And so I'm sitting there and so I'm, I, I, it's like the big matzo ball hanging out in the air. So I'm looking at the nurse and, and she's like, you know, I don't think anyone ever asked her that question. Um, so, so she goes, um, um, oh, okay. Um, uh, well, I, I hope to know. I, I'm pretty sure I know. I, I think I, I know. And Jim goes, well, do you know for sure? And she goes, well, I'm not real sure. And Jim goes, well, and she had to walk. She was kind of back, you know, back pedal, you know. So she, he goes, if you want to know, come back later and, and I'll share with you. And guess what? She did. She came back later. And Jim asked that question to 25 people. Well, he was in the hospital and only three knew the answer. Only three had the correct biblical answer. Are we good back? Are we? Oh, we are good. Okay. So what we're going to do is this feeds great into the video. And uh, what I'm going to show you is a video of people that were asked pretty much that same question. What is heaven? And do you understand about heaven on the streets? And uh, hopefully this is a little bit of eye-opening experience for you and to give you a great understanding on on what people think about heaven and that's my prayer for you is that we would have a true biblical understanding about heaven especially as we go through the series so go up and look at look at the screens at this time Do you believe in a heaven? Yes. Okay, um, and what's it like there? Ooh, I haven't gone that far into thinking about it. Uh, I couldn't tell you that. Who do you think gets to go to heaven? Um, everyone, I would say. What is heaven like? Well, I really don't know exactly what it's like, you know, but in a sense, it is like for each individual personal thing for every individual as far as their life is concerned as you live you can make your own heaven in your opinion how do you get to heaven uh god chooses you brings you to the light says come on with me i'm taking you up in your opinion who gets to go to heaven 
um, people that's, that's that given their life to Jesus and that's doing right. Do you believe in a hell? Not really. I just believe that people that don't get to go to heaven, I, I really don't know where they'll be. Do you believe in heaven? Yes. Okay, um, in your opinion, what's it like? Well, I guess it would be, uh, I don't know, like the Bible says, you know, the greatest streets of gold, God take care of everybody, and everybody be happy. And... How do you get there? Well, you better live a pretty good life. Um, do you believe in heaven? Sometimes. Okay, what do you mean by sometimes? I don't know, it's hard to, it's hard to explain. Uh, it's kind of depending on the day I'm having. Sometimes, yeah, I'll believe it. Sometimes I won't. Um, in your opinion, who, do you, who gets to go to heaven? I don't know. Who am I to judge? I have no idea. Do you believe in a heaven? I believe in heaven. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. What's it like there? It's, uh, I don't know. Hard to say. It's a good life. It's, um, there is no taxes. Uh, there is no balance. A lot of beautiful women. A lot of beautiful women. Oh, thanks. What's less beautiful than my wife? Do you believe in an afterlife? Yes. Yes, and as a matter of fact, if I... It seems to me that reincarnation, although I don't really subscribe to that, but that makes a lot of sense. It's recycling. <laughs> Do you believe in a heaven? Sure. No, you're asking. Get <laughs> <laughs> a can of worms right here. I wouldn't call it heaven. I believe something out there. Sure. And what's it like? What's it like? And maybe have you ever seen the movie Depending Your Life? Um, it's sort of like a way station as you go on to some other life and uh, where you kind of look back on what you did and see if you've learned or not, but it's not like a heaven. Do you believe in a hell? Uh, not really. I can only imagine when all I would do is forever, forever worship you. I can only imagine. It's amazing the, uh, the different uh, answers you get when you ask that question. And um, the, the basis for our whole series of messages is found in John 14, 1 through 3, where Jesus says, um, let not your hearts be what? Troubled. Uh, believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are, what, many rooms. Many, the literal translation, there's many dwelling places, which means God's heaven it has enough room for all those who, who come to Christ. He says, if it were not so, as he's telling this to his disciples, I would have told you, and I go there to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. What's interesting is uh, Barna, which is a, a research company, 
uh, they, they, they did some research on this topic of, of heaven. And in their research, as they begin to interview people, just like uh, what you saw here on the video, is that the majority of Americans believe in an afterlife like you see here. And, and really what you see here is really fits their findings because they, they said the problem is not if people believe in an afterlife. The problem is what they believe about it. And Barna, after their research, said this, there's a cutting and pasting religious views from a variety of uh, different sources, such as television, movies, as you saw in the video, conversations with their friends. It's a hodgepodge of different beliefs. And what's interesting in our world today is the ever-growing interest of, of really spiritual things, shows like the, you know, the Long Island Medium, New Age teachers and books um, are, are finding their way on the bestseller list, selling millions of, of copies. And, and, and so we ask ourselves, okay, well, what, what is the, the reason? Why are people so uh, hungry for this? Well, I, I think there's a spiritual hunger for understanding these things. The, the problem is, and in many of these cases, it's not leading people to the truth, but it's actually leading them down a road of, of deception. Let me quote to you a very popular bestseller book that probably has sold millions of copies, Eckhart Tolle's, his book, New Earth, and uh, it's been very uh, popular with such people as Oprah Winfrey and so on and so forth. But on page 23 of his book, let me quote to you what his definition of, of heaven is and kind of what we're up against here and, 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 and different teachings about heaven. He says this, and I quote, he says, heaven is not a location. Heaven is not a location, but refers to the inner realm of consciousness. Earth, on the other hand, is the outer manifestation in form, which is always a reflection of the inner. A new heaven, a new heaven, is the emergence of the transformed state of the human consciousness. And a new earth is its reflection in the physical realm. What, what in the world does that mean? I have no idea. But, but that's what people are trying to understand today. That is what's being sold. That's what people are buying today. So the question is, what's going on? The question is not whether or not people believe in heaven, but the, the question is, are they being led down a right road? So as the world looks for answers, the church, right, the, the body of Christ does have the answer through the word of God, but the problem is the church as a whole has tended to relinquish its responsibilities to teach sound doctrine and, allow, and, and, and allowing the Word of God to be its sole authority. And so the result is, the reason why there's this vacuum, the reason why I believe many people are turning to these so-called uh, religious books to find their way is because we have lost our way as the body of Christ. We have lost our way. We've opened up the door to allow false, false teaching to uh, lead us astray. So let me just boil it all down for you. Here, here's what I think the, the, our biggest dilemma is. Our biggest dilemma is us. The biggest dilemma is me. Notice the New Age teaching revolves around me. It's your inner consciousness. It's what you find within yourself. Heaven is within you. It's, it's not a place. 
It's not a location. It's not a destination. It's within you. You've got to find it in your inner consciousness. Very interesting book by A.J. Conyers in his book, The Eclipse of Heaven. He makes an interesting point about this when he says, even to one without religious commitment and theological conviction, it should be an unsettling thought that this world is attempting to chart its way through some of the most perilous waters in history. Having now decided to ignore what was for nearly two millennia, its fixed point or its reference was its North Star. The certainty of judgment, the longing for heaven, the dread of hell, these are not prominent considerations in our modern discourse about the most important matters of life, but they once were. I believe some of the most attacked doctrines today that we're facing as a church is the doctrine of heaven and the doctrine of hell. And we need to know what the Word of God says about these things. The doctrine of heaven was once an important and central teaching in the church. And I believe when the church, especially, let me speak America, when the church in America moved away and we got very Christianized and very, uh, very cultural in our Christianity, everybody's a Christian, everybody's going to heaven, uh, we moved away from persecution. And when you look at the early church, and the early church was going through persecution and could lose their life for following Jesus Christ, you saw this huge impact, this huge teaching on heaven and where they were going, and that gave them the hope to go through the persecution. The problem in America, when we get comfortable in our society and in our culture, because we have all these modern conveniences, we get settled, don't we? We, we, we get comfortable. And the idea of heaven isn't that much prominent as much as the idea of, of living what we can live now and, and looking to the now to fulfill our needs. And I think it creates a complacency within our hearts not to understand about heaven and, and what heaven is and why is it waiting for us. So, so as this doctrine of heaven has faded away, I think so has uh, the hearts of Christians in America that have become complacent. And, and, and lukewarm. That was a good place for an amen. Can I get an amen? I, 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 we see that before us. So the reason we've lost the teaching of heaven is for the simple reason we are too comfortable on earth. And I'm talking about the true biblical teaching of heaven and hell. So it's a theology of me. We, we have this misunderstanding of the gospel message and the reason why Jesus came to earth. That's the reason why everything revolves around us and me, and, and for my comfort, because we've lost the true meaning of what the gospel message says. See, Jesus came to rescue us from sin and its devastating effects. See, God does all this for his glory, not ours. Heaven is literally a display of God's glory. Everything revolves around God's glory. In heaven, the throne of God, the angels worship who? God in his glory. Everything revolves around that. See, notice the concept of heaven. It's about me. It's a good place. Everything's going to revolve around me and my comforts. No more taxes. Now, is that going to be true? Yeah. Can I get an amen? All right. But the problem is our concept of heaven 
It revolves around me and my, and my comforts. But the biblical context of heaven, it all revolves around God's glory where he rules and reigns from. Remember, just if you can remember this, just, just remember this if you're taking notes. Just write this down because I believe if this is the core of your Christian life, um, you won't have an attitude of expectation. You won't have an attitude of meism. Um, you won't have this attitude of entitlement that, that I, I deserve this because I'm a child of the king and I earn this and, and I want this. And this, 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 ty- this, this entitlement type of philosophy will get, will get squashed in your life. Just always remember this, that God does everything for his glory and not yours. Do you realize that God, when he was up and when he was in, as he's in heaven and he created the world and he created you and I, he wasn't up there going, you know, I'm real lonely, so I need to create bar and gerace to make me feel better. He, that's not, that, 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 that was not in his mind. There's perfect fellowship in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Okay. God did it for us to partake in his glory. For us to understand who God is, that we can be used as products of his glory. So it all reflects back to him when you understand that, how much deeper and how much more joy we will have in our Christian life. So God does everything for his glory. See, we we falsely believe that God is a means for our end, to make my life better and to fulfill my dreams. He's kind of another self-help guru. So God is just a, a means of self-help to help me become self-actualized. That's wrong. Not that, in fact, it's just the opposite. God uses so that we can turn everything back around for his glory. See, God gives you everything by his grace. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. It's not based on my performance. He gives you the gift of eternal life based on his grace. And so the problem with the me theology is everything is about me. And this can skew our understanding of heaven. Heaven is about God and his glory. It's not about me. It's, it's not necessarily about seeing Aunt Gertie. Okay? It, 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 we get this thing, oh, I can't wait to get, because I'm going to be reunited with so-and-so. And it's gonna be, okay, all that's going to happen, which is great. But see, that's about me. I, I, it's a fulfillment of me and who I'm going to see. And I'm going to feel better when I see this person again. And if we don't change our understanding of what heaven is, then you know what? We're, we're, we're going to keep looking at ourselves for God to meet my needs all the time. And we're going to live pretty self-centered lives. And God says, I want your walk with me to grow so much deeper than yourself. And if you can understand that heaven is for my glory, that you can participate in that, I'm telling you what, your spiritual life will grow so much deeper And you will have such a deeper joy because we will realize that life does not revolve around me. It's not about me finding my self-consciousness. It's not about me finding heaven within myself. It's about us seeking the God who created us and knowing what his will is and what his 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 desires are. And I believe that we can find that. I believe that the word of God shows us how we can do that. So uh, here's what I want to do in this message. I know we're all excited about, Pastor, give me the scriptures on what heaven's going to be like and what happens right after we die. And we're going to answer all those questions in the upcoming week. But I believe we have got to get this down. We have to change 
our attitudes about heaven. Listen, I go to a lot of funerals and I do a lot of funerals and I hear a lot of people give a lot of eulogies and I'm like, Lord, where have we gone? It, it's crazy what, what people's idea is about heaven. I'm like, does anybody read the Bible anymore? Is, is, what's going on? And what we've done is exactly what Barna's research. We've cut and pasted all these different ideas from what we've seen on TV and what we think about heaven. And we've created this idea that is just not biblical. And so we need to change our attitude about heaven, first of all. And so let me start with this this morning. Have you ever heard the saying this? You are so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. How many have ever heard that saying? No, okay, you've heard that, that you're so heavenly minded that you know earthly good. So what does that mean? I, I don't really know what that really means. I, I think it may mean that we have our heads so much in the cloud that we don't care about what really happens on earth or the things that happen on earth. But let, let me just, let's just break that statement down because I think it's just idiotic and I think it's just a dumb statement. Um, I think the opposite is true. I think we need to become more heavenly minded if we're going to become more earthly good. And so let, let, let me tell you why I think that. Because, you see, it's, it's our job to become heavenly-minded if we're going to be any, any earthly good. So it's our job, if we're to understand this, is to be the connecting point between heaven and earth. Did you ever think about that for a moment? That, that it's, it's our job as followers of Christ to be that connecting point, to point people towards eternity. In fact, the Bible says that we are actually God's representatives, that we are his ambassadors sharing the message of reconciliation of Christ to the world so that they may be connected to God and find the gift of eternal life through Christ Jesus. I, I kind of look at it like this illustration. It's kind of like a, a, like a flashlight. If you were to look at a flashlight and, and you were to take out the battery, you know that um, uh, uh, the battery has a, a positive and a negative end. And I would kind of look at the, the positive end of the battery is heaven, and the negative end is this world. And for us, we're kind of the conduit or the completion of the circuit. Both ends have to stay connected if it's going to fulfill its purpose. Good, my flashlight, my LED flashlight works. So there's a connection there. And we're actually the connection between those two points. We need to stay connected with heaven if we're going to understand God's will, if we're going to be effective here on earth. So, so before we talk about heaven, it, it, we, we need to understand what is my, how do I bring heaven here on earth? How, how am I doing God's will? If God rules and reigns from heaven now, what am I doing now to, to spread the message of what God desires us to do for the here and now. So, so listen, we're going to talk about what waits for us, but what we need to get right right now in our minds is, is how do we understand the concept of heaven right now? Because we can get wrapped up in all the what will be's, but, but are we living our lives for God now? And, and God's desire for you is to become heavenly minded right now. Even though we may not completely understand what heaven's going to be like, we, we understood last week that, that the Bible is more clear about the purpose of heaven than actually what it's like. Because how do you explain something that is so perfect and so beautiful that it's beyond our comprehension? I mean, you, you can go to the most beautiful place here on earth, 
right? And explain it to somebody. And if you've never been there, you just don't completely grasp it, do you? Don't you love it when people show you their pictures? Oh, let me show you my pictures of my vacation. This was just wonderful. And you're like, okay, good. <sniffs> Snooze fest, right? Because I'm not there. I didn't go with you. As beautiful as it is and nice the pictures are, I didn't, I didn't taste the seawater. I didn't swim in the warm ocean waters with you. I didn't taste the food that you were taking. I wasn't there. So it's hard to, to totally grasp what heaven is like. So the Bible, what it does for us, it really tells us what is the purpose of heaven. Because that's more important for us to grasp than really what is it like, even though the Bible talks about that. So, so here's how we become more heavenly minded. And I believe the way we become more heavenly minded is through prayer. That is our connection to heaven. And I believe the way we do that is through what we call the Lord's Prayer. But actually, it's not the Lord's Prayer. It's really our prayer. This is for you and I to understand the will of of God. So I want you to see this passage in, in Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. This is the Lord's Prayer. This is what he taught. The disciples asked, asked Jesus, well, how should we pray? And he says, if you're going to pray, pray in this manner, Matthew 6. So let's, 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 let's say it together, all right? Let, let, let's say the, the Lord's Prayer together. And we'll do it We'll do what's on the screen, okay? Because I know some people get messed up on the uh, forgive us of our debts or forgive us of our transgressions. So we're going to say forgive us of our debts so that we're all together, okay? So this is from the New King James Version. So let's say it together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's a pretty powerful prayer, isn't it? I want you to see a couple things here in this verse that Jesus wanted his disciples to see because this prayer is all about heaven. How many of you knew that? This prayer actually is a heavenly prayer to understand the mind of God who rules and reigns for heaven and what he desires on earth right now. This is a heavenly prayer. So I want you to see two things that, that Jesus expresses in this prayer that we are to pray as his disciples. The first thing I want you to see there is Jesus says, you need to pray to your Heavenly Father, God rules and reigns from heaven. When we look to God, what we are saying is, you are sovereign, you rule and reign over all, and you are ultimately in control. So we pray to our Heavenly Father through the name of Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Some people say, well, I don't even know how to pray. How, how specifically do we pray? Because, you know, they're all, you know, God... Jesus, the Holy Spirit, they're all God. But, but, but listen to what Jesus says. He says, you are to pray to who? Your heavenly Father. We pray through the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's good. You can write that down. So when you pray, you know you're getting it right. No, I'm just teasing. So we, we pray to God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ so we distinguish what God we're praying. Not just any God, right? Because there's a lot of gods out there, right? So we pray in the name of Jesus who is the only begotten Son, who is God, right? And the power 
of the Holy Spirit that he gives as a gift as a gift for those who follow Jesus Christ. So in this prayer, he says, look to God who is sovereign, who rules over you. And he says, when he uses the word father, uh, th this word in, in Aramaic is, is a very intimate word. It's, it's the word Abba, which is intimate. It's, it's, it's I choose to have a relationship with you. I want to be close to you. It's not something that's far off. And, and this word Abba, it's a very endearing term of a father or, or daddy. You know, if, if my kids came up to me and said, Father, am I allowed to go out and play? Now, I mean, I would, that's too formal. You don't call me father, right? I'm not wearing a white collar. Okay, you don't call me father. Okay, four of you Catholics out there just got that. But anyways, it, it, it's not, don't call me, you call me dad. They, they call me dad. There's an intimate relationship I have with my kids. It's not this informal uh, relationship where they ask, Father, may I, uh, you know, uh, you know, they, they don't, it, it's, it's not informal. It's, it's close. It's intimate. So when Jesus says, when you pray to the Father in heaven, it's an intimate, it, it's an intimate relation. Abba, Dad, Father, not, 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 we're not going to be um, irreverent to the Lord because we know that he is holy and perfect, but it's this close relationship that he desires to have with us. So when, you, when, when we look to God, we submit to him. We, we want his mind and his will to be done. So that, that's becoming heavenly minded. I say, God, I want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God says, listen, I want my will to be done on earth. You're the conduit that helps to allow that to happen here on earth. When you pray to me, you're praying to me in heaven and you're allowing my glory to rule and reign on earth. So the, the issue is, when I pray, am I, am I saying, God, how are you ruling and reigning in my heart and my life? How are you ruling and reigning through my life here on earth. I tell you how that happens. When you got a person sitting ready to have an angiogram and the, they care more about the nurse's destination than their angiogram, that's bringing heaven on earth. Say what? Yeah. That's allowing people to think about their eternity. Isn't it amazing when someone just stops for a second and begins to think about their eternity? I never thought about that. Isn't that amazing? Get a person to stop for a couple seconds to think about their eternity, and it may change their whole life. It may change their whole destiny. In fact, that, that's, that's the mission statement of our church, transforming lives for eternity. Cause them to think about it for a minute. See, See, what, what we tend to do is we make up our own idea about what heaven is, and we're not really too sure about it ourselves, are we? It's because we're not looking into the truth of God's word. So when we pray to the Father, we're saying, God, let your will be done on, uh, on earth as it is in heaven. You rule and reign. So let me get your mind, and we do that through prayer. So we pray to our Father who's intimate, who wants to have a close relationship with us. The second thing is we pray for that will to be done. And so what is God's will? Well, God's will for heaven, from heaven for us here on earth uh, is very important and we better get this right. 
We better be heavenly minded if we're going to get this thing right. What is God's will for this earth? What does God want to do here on earth as we're praying to him in heaven? I'll tell you what God's will is for, 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 for the will of the earth. Here it is. It's forgiveness. God wants to give us his forgiveness. That's his will here on earth. I, I love the passage in 2 Peter 3, 9 in the New American Standard Bible says this. It says, the Lord is not slow about his promises, as some count slow, slowness, but, but is patient towards you not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to what? Repentance. That's God's will, that people come to repentance. God's will is not for people to come up with their own idea about heaven. God's will for this earth is that we would come to repentance and find forgiveness of our sins first. So how do we become heavenly minded in that way? Because how many know that, that, that this earth gets in the way all the time? Doesn't it? This earth gets in the way of all the time of us becoming heavenly minded. Because I'll be honest for, with you, if I'm in the hospital and I'm getting a procedure, I'm thinking about, does this doctor know what he's doing? I hope that when he's sticking things up my arm and he's messing around with my heart and they tell me you could die on this operating table, I hope they know. So I'm more concerned, like, do you have a degree? How many of these have you done? What's coming in my mind is not necessarily about where that doctor's going or that nurse is going, right? Isn't that interesting? Maybe we become more heavenly minded saying, God, what, what's your will for this situation, for these people? Am, am, I, am I allowing myself to be that conduit between heaven and earth and proclaiming what you've done for man? Or am I more concerned about myself? And it's not wrong to be concerned, make sure you have the right doctor. That's all fine and dandy. But isn't it interesting how we go about our lives and we just, we, we get into this rut and we just go and, and people irritate you and they irritate me and somebody cuts you off driving and we just get fleshly, don't we? And then at the end of the day, we read our Bibles, we begin to pray and we're like, man, I just blew it today. I, I had so many opportunities that I could have been heavenly minded, but I wasn't because I allowed earth to get in the way. Is anybody relating with me there? Can I get an amen? We know what, we're all there, right? And we're like, man, I had this opportunity to share your love, but my flesh and the earth got in the way. God says, listen, I want you to be so heavenly minded that you look for every opportunity to share my love. You look for every opportunity to proclaim my message. That's being heavenly minded. It, it's saying, you know what? When, when, when someone cuts me off, instead of reacting a certain way, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to become heavenly minded here and I'm just going to use patience because they know not what they do. <laughs> they know not what they do, Lord. So I'm going to be heavenly minded. God bless them. And so when they throw you the, the, the number one sign at you when you're driving or whatever they do to make you mad, you just, you just lift up your hands and say, God bless you. They know not what they do, Lord, right? See, that's becoming heavenly minded. But I think too often we just let the earth get in the way of becoming heavenly minded. So, so let me get, so we understand it's forgiveness. So how do we become heavenly minded? And, and I believe we do this two ways. How do we allow God's will to be done on earth 
as it is in heaven, I believe there's two things that we see within this passage uh, of the Lord's Prayer that we can find out what it means. So the first thing, we have to get this first or we're never going to become heavenly minded. Never. No matter how hard you try, we'll never become heavenly minded if we don't get this first. The first one is we have to receive His forgiveness. That's how we become heavenly minded. God's forgiveness is only offered through His Son Jesus who paid the price for your guilt and, and our shame on the cross. So we first have to receive God's forgiveness and we have to ask for forgiveness and say god i've i've fallen short of your perfection and your glory i've done it on my own i was selfish and i need your forgiveness and i need to receive that the forgiveness that you offer me god through your son the the whole reason for the cross is jesus became our guilt offering he became our offering for our guilt and our shame he was perfect we were not we were the ones that should have hung on the cross but jesus did that as our substitute so in order to become heavenly minded, I have to receive God's forgiveness first in my life and receive that grace. Because if, if, if God's grace is not central to my heart in understanding what Christ did for me and, and, and what a horrible death he went through for you and I, then I'm, not, I'm never going to be able to offer forgiveness. I'm going to be earthly minded because my mind's going to say, you know, uh, I don't get mad, I get even. I'm going to get, get back at this person. I'm going to treat them the way they treated me. How dare they treat me that way? I'm going to get back at them for what they have done for me. See, that's earthly living. That's earthly minded. That's fleshly living. But if the gospel message is central to my heart, then I'm going to be offering forgiveness when, when those of those who don't even deserve it. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean that their sin is still not there and it needs to be covered through Christ. But I have the power now in Jesus' name to offer forgiveness, to release me from that bond that that unforgiveness holds me to. We talk about this all the time. You know, bitterness and unforgiveness is the poison we drink waiting for the other person to die. That's all it is. That's all it is. So we offer that forgiveness. If I'm not heavenly minded, I can't even receive that forgiveness and I won't be able to give it. So I need to be able to re receive God's forgiveness into my life and ask for forgiveness. And then, then the second thing that, that, that this prayer does become heavenly minded is, is that we offer his forgiveness. Isn't, isn't that interesting about the Lord's prayer where it says, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses. Forgive us first, God. This is the heavenly prayer. And then it says, as we forgive others, of their debts, of their sins, of their trespasses. So we need to be willing to forgive others if we're going to receive this. And the only way we can do this is through God's grace. We need to offer that same grace to others. And, and that's what being heavenly minded is all about. That's where it must start. It has to start there. God, forgive us for being earthly minded. Forgive us for having, from walking in my flesh. Forgive us, Lord. And I believe that's why the, the Lord's Prayer is so important for us as his disciples. That if we, haven't, if we haven't really received God's forgiveness in our life, we're never gonna be able to offer grace and forgiveness to others. That's bringing God's will here on earth. God, I want to do your will. So what, listen, what good is it can I just say this? What good is it 
if I know everything about heaven and I have all this theology about heaven and, and, and I know what it's going to be like and I have all this theology about hell and I know all this, the correct things to say but I'm not offering forgiveness. I'm not even, I'm not acting heavenly minded. What, what good is it if I, if I know the right words to say and I, and, I, and I know exactly what all the books say about heaven, I got all this stuff right. What good is it if I know that I'm going to heaven and I've offered forgiveness and I've been offered forgiveness through Christ Jesus, but yet I hold bitterness and unresentment in my own heart for someone else? We're, we're, not acting, we're not acting heavenly minded. We're not doing the will of the Father here on earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to do the will of God who sits in heaven. God, forgive us. And as we close this morning, God, forgive us as we don't allow forgiveness to flow from our hearts. That's being heavenly minded. We need to be heavenly minded. God, forgive me. Forgive me when I, when I use impatience, when, when, when I'm impatient when I'm driving, when I'm impatient with others, when my food is not served quick enough, when things don't go my way. Forgive me, God, of my impatience. I, listen, listen. I want to be so much in tune with God the Father that He can interrupt my life during the day at any time. Any time. And I've shared with you my faults before. I mean, I've shared with you before when, when there was this opportunity that was laid right before me to be heavenly minded and express, and I just, I, I bypassed that opportunity. I shared the story of the woman that was in line at Tops doing the scratch off and she was spending all her money on these uh, the scratch-offs. And I, and, and I was behind her. And for some reason, the Lord just dropped a bomb in my heart and said, Barton, just share with her that that's not where she's going to find it. And just share my love with her. I'm like, no, Lord, I got it. It's, you know, this tops. I just want to get my food and, and, and move on out. Right? Fleshly, earthly-minded. And God's like, no, wait a minute. I, I, got, a, I got a job for you, Barton. It's not about the ho-hos you just bought or whatever, the Oreos and the stuff you weren't supposed to buy that was on the grocery list that Kathleen originally wanted you to buy, right? It's not about this. And all of a sudden I go, well, Lord, if, if she's parked by my car, then I'll talk to her. You know, so if I walk out, and sure enough, I walk out, would you believe it? Right next to the car. So I'm like, well, what if I walk up to the car and they shoot me or something. What, you know, if I'm walking the stranger, and sure enough, she got in the car and I was just getting ready. She shut the door and I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And the whole way home, I basically bawled my eyes out because I felt like I disappointed God because he gave me an opportunity right there before me. And I blew it. And we've all been there, haven't we? We've all been there that we've had these opportunities to become heavenly minded and offer God's forgiveness and we've missed the opportunity because we've allowed the world to get in the way. People, as we, as we talk about heaven, 
And as we go deeper, as we look forward to heaven, which we all should be looking forward to heaven, let's become heavenly minded right now. Let's allow God's will in heaven to become ours here on earth as we do the will of the Father. Some of you here have been just kind of fighting God a little bit in his will in your life. He might be asking you to lay some things down that you haven't laid down yet. Maybe you're wrestling with some habitual habits. Maybe you're wrestling with your flesh in some areas. Maybe there's some areas where God's saying, listen, I want you to take this next step of faith, but you're fighting me a little bit here. You're, you're, you're coming against me. I want my will in heaven to, to become yours here on earth, but, but you're still walking in the flesh. You're still, you're still walking with an earthly mind here, and I'm trying to break you of that, and, and, and you need to allow me to come in. You, you need to allow yourself to give that thing up so that I can rule and reign in your life, that you might be sensitive to me throughout the day. So here's my prayer for you. When you wake up in the morning, this is how you should pray. Say, God, this is the day that you have made. You've made it. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it, but this is the day that you have made, and I give you permission to interrupt my day. I give you permission. I, I want my heart to be... So it may not be my will. It, it may not be what I want. And sometimes God disturbs us and changes our plans for a reason. But if I'm heavenly minded, I know that God has a plan for my life. I know that he does. I know that I'm in his will if I'm found. So God, interrupt me. Interrupt my plans. Change my heart, God. And he does it each and every day. But so many times I'm walking in the flesh and I don't hear him. Because I'm not allowing myself to hear him. Sometimes I just think we need to take our day planners and, and our schedules and just crush them for just a moment and just say, God, I'm blanking my schedule just for you to interrupt it. Here's my plans. I know I've got to do this, that, and the other, but you know what? I give you permission at any time to mess it up because there may be somebody that's going to come my way that's going to need to hear what you want to tell them today, right? They're all over the place. My wife had to give blood the other day. Lady sat next to her, basically poured out her life story to my wife. Like, where's my wife? What's going on? We got to get moving. It's hot in the car. What's going on? Oh, I was talking to somebody about Jesus. Lord, forgive me. Okay, forgive me, God, right now. Cleanse me with your blood. I'm sorry, right? God, mess up my day. I'm going in to give blood, but somebody needs to hear about the love of Jesus. Some lady just pours her heart out right there in the waiting room. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you, I want you to be so bold. You ready for this one? Bringing heaven here down to earth. I want you to be so bold when someone's hurting and say, you know what? Can I pray with you right now? Not, you know what? I'll pray for you, right? That's, that's the cop out. We all know it. But to say, you know what? It doesn't have to be some revival service, okay? Just say, you know what? Can I just say, 
a quick prayer for you right now. Would that be okay? Ask for permission. Heaven on earth. People, let's be heavenly minded. Let's allow our spirits to be so sensitive to the Holy Spirit that God can grab us at any time, at any moment to allow His will in heaven to be our will on earth. Amen? Amen. Lord, as we just bow our hearts before you, Lord, we're all in the same boat that we, we just allow the flesh to get in the way. We just do. It's a battle. And the Bible knows that it's a battle between flesh and spirit. And, and Lord, you want us to be filled with your spirit. Fill us anew and afresh with your Holy Spirit today that we might have the mind of God, that we allow your will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, change us. God, change us from the Christians that are just Sunday Christians that do our thing. Or change us from the Christians that just, that just go through the motions, that read our Bibles and have our devotions, but that's where it ends, that we're not really thinking about the day of how you can use us throughout the day. Lord, change us from that, that at any moment, at any time, we'll be ready to do your bidding. Change us, God. Correct our attitudes in this way. Instead of thinking as something that's futuristic and something I look forward to going to, that we literally can pray for your will to be done right now. So God, make us that type of people that are sensitive to you each and every day. Let us impact this world with your message. We've got something to say. And Lord, when people reject that message, they're not rejecting us. It's nothing personal. It's the message of the gospel that they're turning from. But help us to realize that every single person has a right to hear that message. And that's why you send us out into this world. So let us do your will, we pray. Just touch our hearts now. Just, just Lord, let us be open to you each and every day. Be able to mess us up, God, each and every day. And we thank you, Lord, that you are ultimately in control, that you ultimately are sovereign and that you rule and reign from heaven and you want to use us to allow your glory to be shown in this earth. In Jesus' name we ask these things. In Jesus' name we ask these things. In Jesus' name we ask these things. And all God's people said... Amen, amen, amen. Let's stand this morning. Let's proclaim this as we sing this last song and just thank God for his goodness, for saving us, for giving us his grace. Amen, amen. God bless you. Amen. I surrender all to you, my God. I will give you all I have For you took my filthiness And made me clean I love you, Lord Your praises I will sing
you, Jesus. Lord, as we go in your presence now, I pray, God, for this week, that, Lord, whatever it may hold this week, we would be so heavenly-minded that, that we would just have you on our mind all the time. That every situation we're faced with, that, God, we would look to say, God, help me in this situation. Let me be a witness for you in this situation. Let me look to you for my help in this situation that we would become more heavenly-minded and less attached to this earth and more attached to heaven. So we thank you, Lord, for your patience that you have with us. Thank you, Lord, that your grace and your mercy are available every single day. Your mercies are new every single morning. It's an endless well that you desire to give to us and strengthen us and allow us to walk in your joy each and every day. We thank you for that, Lord. They're just riches upon riches upon riches that you desire to, to pour out on us because you love us and you desire for us to walk completed in your plan and your will. So, Lord, we thank you. Help us to be those people that are just spirit-filled, sensitive to your calling each and every day. And thank you for the forgiveness that you give us when we do slip and we do fall. Thank you, Lord, that we can confess our sins and you and you alone are faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a great promise. We love you this morning and we just give you the praise. In Jesus' wonderful name, in Jesus' wonderful name. Listen, uh, listen, if you need prayer today for anything, our prayer partners will be up front. We would uh, love to pray with you about anything that you're going through. Otherwise, go in God's grace. Have a wonderful day. Be heavenly-minded this week. God bless you. Amen.